Welcome in, everybody, to the Dogs Football Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Mullen, joined by my co-host, Noah Lurch. Noah, what's going on, man? Here we are, out of the bye week, finally able to talk about uh, some SLE football here in the in the home stretch. We're about halfway through the season. What's going on? Yeah, we are back in studio. Uh, we were going to do this Friday, but we decided to take a little bye week ourselves. Uh, Nick took a little weekend trip after he got off work Saturday, and uh, we're back into it. That's right. Yeah, we, we usually, I think we told people we were going to do it on Friday. Yeah, and then realized that because we did last week, we didn't get a Monday presser uh, going into the bye week, which would have been cool to have things updated on, um, you know, going into the bye week and injuries and anything else. We were surprised it didn't happen, but we got one today. We'll get two down the road. Uh, this is the 28th episode of football, which is crazy. And yeah, we did take about an eight day hiatus. So we are back, yes. We have a lot of some stuff to talk about. We mentioned, yes, that presser, uh, some polls that came out recently out of our bye week, what everything looks like, and some other things. But, Noel, let's kick this off with we always start things. As soon as we land a guy in either sport, we like to start out the podcast with that. And, Noah, <clears throat> we got one. We got another quarterback for next season, Trey Baker. Let's get into him. Yeah, uh, Trey Baker, he is a – we – Talked about him, uh, mentioned him. He was a uh, Abilene Christian commit, but he decided to decommit there from last week. So since 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 then, we were the only one team to offer him. So we basically had a good feeling about he would end up here. But uh, according to six four six star football recruiting analyst who does a good job, uh, he's a younger brother of former Fort Osage standout Ty Baker, who's current uh, current. At Missouri, he's currently at Missouri State, so uh, Missouri State, so the valley runs deep in this family. But uh, he has good size and the ability to move around the pocket. But his calling card is his elite arm. Baker has ability to make all the throws and can throw a nice deep ball and the ability to hit an out route. He shows good accuracy and has has a has been a standout in several camps and combines over the past few off seasons. Um, so. This is another quarterback to add to our deep quarterback room. Uh, I watched a little bit of a, a little bit of his tape, and uh, not just because he has his last name. I told Nick uh, when we landed him after I watched some tape, it looks like we're watching a taller Nick Baker. So, uh, yeah, this another another great add to this class. Our our class is getting better and better, and uh, off the bye week, and we had recruiting wise, our coaches was able to get out and recruit. A little bit more, so uh, another nice piece of the puzzle. I'm not sure how he fits in here in the quarterback room, but we'll see. Exactly, yeah. We'll get to uh, the entirety again. We'll uh, run over our 2022 commits, and yeah, adding Trey, you're right. It's he. You said you watched the tape. Seems like a taller Nick Baker ability to do a lot of stuff, and you mentioned the big arm. Uh, so yeah, we we wondered if he was actually related. And Nick Hill looks for the last name Baker, but yeah. Quarterbacks, you're right, because we've been talking about it a lot over the course of how long, and we'll get to some stuff that Coach Hill mentioned in this Monday presser about uh, even the backups quarterback and what it looks like currently for the team. But looking looking ahead, yes, to the future, we understand we've talked about this guy enough. But even though he's hurt, Michael Lindauer, he seems like a uh, seems like one that's kind of a uh, you know he's the key cog in terms of. Uh, you know, the one that's in the middle, like we don't know about him because we haven't really seen him. He's coming from a decent school. You know, we almost committed here a while back and he's here and he looked like he would have been the backup if he didn't get hurt. So that's going to guys, obviously, Stone and 
uh, Zabrowski and players like that that are here, even though we know Zabrowski is pretty uh, more to calling plays and Stone's the current backup. But yeah, Hunter Simmons, the hometown kid, he got in the Dayton game and we killed him. Uh, but he's a freshman, as we know, and he'll probably end up redshirting this year. But he, he uh, dresses a lot of games. And we're thinking maybe, you know, because, you know, if he could get in blowout kinds of games, but for the fact that he's dressing maybe for the to appease, you know, his the home crowd when you go to games, because other than that, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense as to why he would dress. But we're thinking for that reason. And no, we know Jacob Foss isn't, you know, dressed or anything. So, yeah, we go through these quarterbacks and Brian Brown, then adding him, you question, right, what they sell to these guys besides our current success of that. You're going to come here and barring injuries or other people leaving, obviously, you're, you might not see the field. So what, what are your thoughts overall? Because how many quarterbacks does this make now, Kind counting him and Brian Brown? At least, I'm going to, off the top of my head, probably, what, six or seven quarterbacks? You got, um, obviously, you have Nick Baker. You have Storm, or not Storm, uh, Stone, um, so we got about, I'd say eight, off the top. Of and we know DeVries converted the tight end, yeah. so we know these guys can convert to other positions. Brian Brown is a defensive back, even though he's been playing mostly quarterback his whole high, most of his high school career. It's all interesting, yeah. So it's it's questionable, even though he is talented. So we like to bring in talented guys. Uh, it is just a little bit of a head scratcher. But if, if since we're winning, I think they're like, well, I'm I'm going to go to a winning team, no matter the situation, maybe. That they convinces them. What do you think? Yeah, maybe. Uh, but he maybe has a confidence in himself. He can come here and win a job at some point. Potentially. So yeah, welcome Trey. We his other uh, uh, classmates for twenty twenty two. Ryan Shanley and Jimmy wished him uh, welcome on their twitters today. Jimmy, yes sir, bro. Welcome to the fam. And Ryan, let's get let's get big dog. Glad you're with the fan now. And he tagged Trevor Olson. Tagged a lot of players. So. Yeah, welcome, Trey. We're, we're excited to see what what you can bring down the road potentially. And this just, yeah, keeps adding to the 2022 class, which does have Ryan, Jimmy, Jalen Banks, and so on and so forth. Noah, let's jump right into how they were, because obviously we're, what they're, what our commits seasons are looking at right now, because it is around playoff season. Yeah, we uh, locally, we're getting into playoff season, and we also are um, commit-wise uh, – Jalen Lutheran North, our boys Brian Brown and Jalen Banks, uh, they played last week and they won fifty-eight to six. They improved to six and three. Um, Brian Brown was the player of the week, one of the player of the players of the week in the St. Louis Post Dispatch. Um, he was six of eight, two hundred three yards and three touchdowns. So a lot of a lot of long passes for him. Not a lot of not a lot of attempts, but uh, he also had his receivers carried him on. Yeah, I, I noticed one of them. One of those touchdowns was at least eighty yards. So, uh, four. He also had four four carries, forty three yards, and a touchdown. And uh, Jalen Banks had five tackles. So, and looking at the playoffs, they got the uh, number one seed in District Three in Class Three. So uh, they get a bye week this week. So uh, much needed off for them, probably, so they can get healthy. Uh, Looking at the others, um, recently Charles Young, uh, Lutheran, they won 72-34. Um, couldn't find any stats on him. So I'm sure he played pretty well, not just not showing up in the stat sheet. Um, they improved to 7-2. They are in Class 2 and District 2, and they get a number one seed as well, so they also get a bye. Um, Chaminade, Jimmy Lansing, our boy, uh, 
they they fell fifty six thirty four to they fell to a four and five on the year, but um, in Missouri they have districts, so they all get in. So at four and five, they get the two seed in district three in class five, and they're hosting a, a number seven seed Rittenauer this weekend. Um, it was his senior night recently. It appeared that's the yeah him him and uh, our next boy I was getting to uh, Ryan Schwindeman at St. Dominic. I think they both had senior night as well. So, uh, but Ryan Schwindeman, St. Dominic, they improved to find five and four this past weekend with a 21 to seven win. He had a rush for 11 yards and two catches for 18 yards. And also on the defense side ball had five tackles and he had three sacks. So he was active on the defensive side of the ball. Then, uh, Carlaire West Plains, 56 to seven win. They improved eight and one. Um, they get a bye in this in class four and district six. Um, Schwindeman and St. Dominic, they uh, host Riverview Gardens in Class 4 and District 4. So they are the four seed in that bracket in our newest commit. Um, Trey Baker, they host number eight seed Ozark, uh, one of our favorite shows, uh, in Class 6 and District 3. So they won this past weekend. Also, he plays for Lee Summit North. They are 8-1. Then our boy down in Georgia, can't forget about him, Ryan Shanley in Cherokee. Uh, they won 31-25 after trailing big with a big comeback on. So uh, they won 5-4, to four, I believe. So they are, um, I believe in Georgia they do districts too, but I haven't seen any brackets yet. Yeah, because well, we talked about right before we came on here about uh, no matter sometimes your record, you know, the area or the state you're in, yeah, you can still make the playoffs no matter if you're 5-4 and four or anything like that because we recall teams around here, yeah, even somewhat like that depends. Obviously, you win your conference. Doesn't matter your record. We know Mary in our hometown has one loss. They're, they've been pretty dominating. And uh, so that segues – it's good to see all those guys. That segues us, Noah, to uh, – that just – I said Marion. Uh, Vincent Newsom, we know we are in on. Um, it appears, Noah, that he has he has the chance to win because we know around here they do the 103.5 team of the week, and they're getting close to the team of the year and then player of the year. And Vincent has a really good shot at getting that in. Yeah, he does. He uh, broke some all-time records at Marion this past week. And uh, this kid's a uh, type of talent we can't let out of our backyard. Uh, not sure what schools are in on him, um, but uh, this is a type of kid we can bring over and he can be something special. Exactly, especially with his size. And we talked a lot. We don't really need to get into it again, obviously, of who we're losing, especially the receiver position. One sticks out, Landon Lenore, but... Other than that, it would be nice to get, even though he'd be a freshman, who knows what he, how he would play or if he would play his first year. But, yes, with that size, with him being, yes, in Marion, him finally taking a visit, we don't know who it is in on, like you said, that it seems like a prime target to go get, you know. I mean, if we're recruiting guys, and I know it was a walk-on before he got the scholarship by Hunter Milligan, like, you need to definitely look at Marion even more. And we talked earlier today, it's funny, because if we recall, obviously, Matt Brown, the great – the best quarterback in Marion history, they let him go to Illinois State, and then he made a career out of what he did. So it's one of those, you know, that especially that was a rougher time at SIU, like right around after the, uh, uh, you know, the good seasons of whatever to 2009 of the playoffs and all that stuff. So it was a dark age, and we could have Matt Brown. So all that, just in, just an example of getting guys like that that are stri- literally in your backyard. Yeah, so it would be nice to get him. And then other guys ran on notice too many to keep an account. We'll keep an eye on if when when they make their decisions and if it is us, Vincent just sticks out. But um, 
We are actually in on a couple of ju- uh, JUCO transfers. Let's get into those couple guys. Yeah, uh, the main one that you can add to the that would be a huge get would be a Maximus McCree, 6'6", 290-pound offensive tackle at Iowa Central Community College. He's getting a lot of love. He's got some love from Auburn last week, so uh, some bigger schools yet to offer him. But uh, some other schools like Southern Miss, UMass, some Toledo, Utah State, so uh, Houston even. So a lot of... um, a lot of smaller FBS schools, uh, the Americans falling apart, so I'm not sure if you want to go join that conference, but that's another one. He'd be a big-time get for our offensive line group for Trevor Olson. Then um, we have another one, a nose tackle at Garden City Community College, 6'4", 290. Um, how would you pronounce that? The Sorry, I LA, LA O'Shea? Yeah, Ely O'Shea. We're butchering that. I'm sorry, but yeah, that's it. I would guess that's how you pronounce that, but he'd be also another big get to, since we're losing a couple guys on that D-line, to add depth to that D-line. And uh, I believe uh, another one is a transfer from Bucknell, Grayson Sherbino. He has two years of eligibility left, so that's a defensive lineman. I believe he's an edge rusher down at Bucknell. So that'd be a nice pick up if we could add since we're losing some guys on that D-line. Exactly. We've talked so many times about, you know, bringing in the guys that we did that were veterans from other places that have thrived here that we want to keep going that round. This is a good sign, especially yet yeah, two defensive linemen and one offensive line. We know that pretty much outside of uh, Big Z that our offensive line, you know, is still young enough to have a lot of more years of eligibility. So, Landing uh, Maximus would be definitely ideal. It, it stinks that it, you know teams like Auburn, of course, are in on them uh, to ruin our chances. Kind of, even though you know they just show they've just showed interest in him, right? It's not like yeah. They just uh, he tweeted a th- he's one of those uh, edits they make. But uh, also, uh, we'll say there's also uh, I had to scroll back a little bit, but uh, Tyler Juco Community College DB Kobe Savage. He's a DB we also offered recently, so we're hitting the JUCOs, it looks like. Uh, so uh, it's, it's a good way to go, I think. Yeah, JUCO's sure. always a nice way to build a to build depth in your program and uh, get guys that can maybe come here that have the, have the experience, a little bit of college ball, to come in here and play a little bit so you can get those freshmen that come in here right away and develop them really good, so... Exactly, especially you mentioned, yes, yeah, Savage even. Defensive back would be huge, yes. More depth everywhere, just that experience depth, and we really like that, yes. So we'll be keeping an eye on more on the transfer. Yeah, Maximus McCree, that All-American, Juco All-American, that would be really nice. So we'll be keeping an eye out for all those. They'll be keeping an eye on how we play the rest of the year before they make their decisions. We'll definitely be keeping an eye on that. So and updates on that, no other, no other high school guys, right? No, no other high school guys, as we do know. Our guys were out recruiting this past week, so hopefully more offers see to come. We'll right. get into more of the recruiting after once we talk about the uh, interview or the press conference. Yeah, and even in a couple of weeks when we have you know our back-to-back home games or start of the Missouri State home game, and then the last one after that, that we'll keep getting in more and more uh, recruits in there for those games, too, we'll be seeing on Twitter. So, like I said, we'll keep an eye on that. Now, no, as we know, obviously, we had the much-needed bye week, had a lot done. We'll get to that in the presser, yes, but 
Uh, obviously, other Valley teams played, and there were some good ones. Let's get into some of their games, and then we'll get into what the standings look like now. Yeah, there was great, some great games around the Valley. Um, I believe we had a bye week along with um, – trying to think who else had a bye week. Maybe nobody else. But uh, the first game that stuck out would be the uh, Northern Iowa game, who will, our opponent this week – they went on the road to South Dakota State and uh, won 26-17. Um, the Panthers are fighting for their lives. Uh, they're just like North Dakota. They need to win out to maybe make the playoffs. So that was a big one. Um, kind of a shocker. Um, thought South Dakota State was pretty good because um, they would just went on the road the week before, week prior and uh, beat Northern Iowa in the Dome. So uh, Illinois State went on the road, beat South Dakota 20, 20 to 14, um, Western went on the road, went up to North Dakota, got whooped 34-10. Then uh, Youngstown, Indiana State, Youngstown lost at Indiana State. Then uh, the uh, one we thought we might get some make some room for ourselves in the top of the valley, but uh, Missouri State blew one in the Fargo Dome, lost 27-20 to the Bison. So the look at the standings um, – in the Missouri Valley, I believe North Dakota State and us are now 4-0, so we are grouped together. Then at 3-2, you have Missouri State, South Dakota, South Dakota. 2-2, two two, you have Northern Iowa and South Dakota State. 2-3, you have Indiana State. 1-3, you have Illinois State, North Dakota, Youngstown. Then 1-4 is Western Illinois. So, um Thought we might get some room with Missouri State knocking off North Dakota State, but we will uh, not ask for any help. We'll take care of our own business. Yeah, and if they would have ended up holding on to that, we would have thought, well, okay, yeah, for our sake and the standing's sake, would have gave us some room to get with the Bison, yeah, but then that would have made us think, well, Missouri State can go on to North Dakota State and get a win. And since we played them in a couple weeks, that'll be definitely more of an interesting matchup. Glad that it's at home. Something that sticks out to me, North Dakota State's only forced 97 points this year. They seem like a team that's just so steady because they've only given up 50. That is by far them and uh, North Dakota State and North Dakota have allowed the least amount of points in conference so far. But 97 forced and 50 allowed. They are pretty efficient in that sense. Uh, yeah, they're just they're back to their normal uh, ways. Like we said, we they were kind of struggled last year. We killed them at home last year. It was kind of crazy. Uh, so it was just an off year for them, but they are back ready to reclaim their throne. Yeah, South Dakota State struggling a little bit, 2-2 two and two now. Uh, it is weird to see with their recent dominance, but it's showing that the Valley is obviously deep, as we say in basketball all the time, and it's the case here. South Dakota, we've talked about, yeah, that they've gotten some nice wins over the course of their season, so they're a team we don't play this year. We would like to. That would have upped our resume even more. Um, and then, yeah, you get, I mean, Youngstown, of course, is struggling again. We'll see them at our last home game of the year. So, yeah, it, it looks about as whatever should get you and I with their 2-2, two and two, as you said. Uh, cannot wait to play them this week. So, yeah, it's looking good. Four and off the bye, and we're, we're sitting in the driver's seat, if people have talked about. So, not looking too bad there. And then, no, as we were looking, we look forward to, obviously, every week, a new FCS poll came out. A couple of days. Let's get into those. Yeah, both uh, both main polls that we follow, the coaches poll and the FCS stats poll. We moved up to three this week. As we know, the Weaver State went on the road at Eastern Washington and took down 
the Eagles. So they fell at home 35-34. So that notches us up to number three. Uh, not surprising. Um, they fell all the way down, down to number seven. So uh, we're up number three. We're climbing. That's what we expected. Yeah, Mike had a tweet earlier that we are number three. We are the highest ranking since we were number two. And, uh, and one poll on, on September 6th of 2010. So over a decade is as high as we've been currently right now. It is great to see. Um, and we, like we said, we're not satisfied at all. We want to keep this thing going. And these, in these next two games, we'll definitely uh, see how we will project out the rest of the season and how truly other people will continue to look at us. Yeah, third is uh, definitely an honor. I mean, it, as a fan, you know, we know how Nick's talked before about how he doesn't care as a coach, you know, as a fan, we, we feel the same way, but seeing us that high that we at one point didn't think it was possible. And uh, the program that we've talked about, how we've wanted to build this entire time and it's seeing it come to fruition currently is just great to see. And, um, we've talked about, you know, we obviously want a good draw in the playoffs. So let's segue now, Noah, into what the recent bracketology is. Did Brian McLaughlin come out with one? Same herder did, but we, Brian didn't, did he? I did not see one from Brian. Okay. So let's get him the Sam's here. Yeah, if I can find it, 6.0 Bracketology. This is from back uh, last midweek. Um, he had us as the five seed. Um, that's obviously before. It'll be different this week, hopefully. Uh, so as the five seed that has us, basically the same thing as last time. Um, we we are in the same bracket as Villanova. Uh, we have a home game against the winner of Missouri State, UT Martin. So... Presumably that will be Missouri State, so you'd get Missouri State for the second time this season at home, if that's the truth. So, yeah, another part of it that, you know, definitely goes our way because obviously you want that – you you want a decent first-round matchup, one you know you can win, and then you and then you move forward from there. So uh, that's according to him. Obviously that's not really 100% um, obviously what it would be. It's just where it stands at this point according to him, and we don't disagree with that at all. Uh, he listed also the strength of schedules. We are third on there. So that makes you think also, or sorry, uh, there he went by the rankings and we have the 15th strength of schedule, which, uh, it's kind of a surprise. I and mean, that's in the FC, yeah, the FCS strength of schedule 15th. That's easily the highest of everybody else in the top 10. So obviously we took pride in overall, I guess the whole season, right? It's taking account the whole season. So counting our Kansas state game, counting obviously South Dakota. So yeah, it's, it's definitely, uh, uh, makes sense. And it's good to see, obviously as you season goes on and you get towards playoff time and so the selection show and all that stuff and the typical of any sport, your resume matters. So yeah, like I said, far and away the best, even Sam Houston, the 61st, we know if they play the likes of SEMO and teams like that. And they've almost been knocked off a couple of times. They have the second or the third worst out of the top 10. So the closest to us is uh, South Dakota State at 27. So um, overall, yeah, I mean, that's good to see, Noah, right? As we go on, we, we want to have the best resume possible. Yeah, we, he also made a article about the top 10's resumes, and uh, um, he went through the, each of the top 10. So that's cool to check out. Uh, Resume, if we uh, continue to win, our resume will only get bigger, so uh, better. better. And uh, right now we're at six, uh, 61 wins, zero FCS losses. Only Our only flaw is that loss at Kansas State. An eight-point loss. Yeah, two, two ranked wins right now, so uh, 
we can add to that this weekend. Exactly. And then the next week after that. So we're, we're in a perfect position and this next game will be tough going on the road, but since we got this much needed rest, we'll be key for sure. Uh, Mike also had a tweet about five days ago that we are guaranteed a third consecutive winning regular season for the first time since the gap of between 2003 and 2009, the best years. And this is the first time SAU's ever swept the Dakota schools portion of its schedule which obviously was South Dakota State and North Dakota. So definitely a lot of firsts for the first time in a long time, as we've just been talking about this entire time. It's great to see him. It's only up from here. And like we said, we are definitely not satisfied. So, um, And then he had, Mike had a tweet about where all of the legends currently on our team stand on the all-time ranks for a lot of stuff. Let's see here. Landon is number three in career reception still. And yards number two, it definitely incites with the current uh, new inductee in the Hall of Fame, Michael Pruitt, who had a nice week this week, and he caught up with Mike. We'll get to that shortly. Jack is continues to be number one in career average at 43, which is crazy. He continues to show out in this season. Anthony Knighton still number two in career sacks. We talked to we thought he was tied, but apparently he's still a half sack back. But he's number two in sacks and tackles for loss. That's something he has been doing a lot this year, Noah's tackles for loss, especially if he's not. We've watched him. He's not able to get off get off the line and beat guys off the edge. So tackles for loss, definitely a big part of his game, along with pass breakups and all that stuff. And then Nick Baker, number 16 career in passing yards in his short time. You know, it's helped him a lot with having 400-yard games, two of them this year. So, uh Great to see. So literally some outside of Nick, I guess, even though he keeps building his resume, he's still got a long way to go. But the other three are just building their legacies more and more. Um, so no, now let's get in the aforementioned Michael Pruitt. Obviously, he wasn't able to make his uh, Hall of Fame induction due to reasons. He's on a good team right now. Uh, but he did catch up with Mike. And before that, he had a nice week this past week. I guess building off the interview, and because in the interview we had an SIU shirt on. He's building off all that, Noah, and he caught a touchdown from Derrick Henry this week. You were there. Yeah, uh, I was there, and uh, coming off a big win uh, Monday night at home against Buffalo, then uh, destroying the Chiefs yesterday and had a great catch uh, in the back of the end zone from Derrick Henry. So uh, they are on a mission, and it was great a great interview to listen to and uh, – he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He deserves all of it. And, uh, yeah, it's not that far along of, uh, you know, when he finished playing and then obviously when he's inducted. It's not like Randall, who, <clears throat> you know, got obviously his final year was 2008. And then now he's getting inducted. Mike Cole's final year is what, 2014. So it hasn't been too crazy long. Um, you know, we, they do the whole, I'm assuming, right? They do the whole five year thing. Uh, so he, you would think, especially where these guys, some of these guys stand all the time in the rankings that they'd be first ballot right away. But we don't know if the pandemic obviously messed with any of this stuff. It has for a lot of stuff, obviously, but things like that. And Noah, he did talk to Mike, and some things that stuck out in that was he asked him when he thought he knew he could pull, like, or when he thought or knew he was a good player. And that was about, I think he said, sophomore or junior year in high school that he knew he could go somewhere. And uh, where, where was Michael originally from? Kirkwood. Okay, so staying wherever and then, yeah, knowing when he was a good player, coming here, and then also knowing when he uh, could potentially get to the NFL was also around the same time, sophomore, junior year here. 
What else stuck out to you, Noah, in this interview? Yeah, uh, growing up, being most majority a basketball player, that he didn't start playing football till uh, his high school high school days, and uh, him knowing that he thought he said he thought he might be a defensive end, but coaches came in and said he might be a, I guess started recruiting him as a wide receiver slash tight end, and uh, yeah, just showing Mike talking to him and showing the appreciation that they still have for each other and. Uh, it's great to see that the success he's having, making seven years now in the NFL. Um, I didn't know this at the time because we were too young, but uh, him as a redshirt junior looking into the NFL draft and him getting that feedback and knowing coming back for his redshirt senior year that that would what that's what needed him to get that records and uh, put on the put on more stats and looking more film for the NFL teams to look at. Yeah, so. Overall, a tremendous career, and he did like going back, and he definitely appreciated his time here, like you said. And, uh, yeah, getting that extra year, it actually had those stats. People were talking how he had the chance for it, and he wanted to do it. So um, it is great. It is great to see, obviously, legends like that, especially, obviously, we take pride in seeing a lot of uh, players in the NFL from SIU. We love it, and it's great to see because all the others are defensive. We finally got an offensive guy back in the NFL, and he's been doing his thing. It's cool to see – because you have a jersey of his, but that was whenever he obviously was on the team, and then he went, he was a 49er to start this season, and they let him go, and the fact that he came back to his old stomping grounds, per se. We know he was a Viking when he first got into the league, so it's cool to see him back, especially on your team and doing well. So he is a legend, and it's it's cool that you know he obviously, it's not like he just shoved it all to the side. He wasn't able to go. He was able to you know sit down with Mike and have an interview for it, and it was a long interview, and it was a good one, so... Shout out to Mike Cole and welcome to the hall. Uh, so that now, Noah, yeah, we want to get into the NFL Saluki is what they did this past week. Mike Cole did catch that touchdown from Derrick Henry and had two for 27 on the day. Um, and then Jeremy had four tackles and the tackles for loss. The Panthers are struggling right now. They might be in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes here soon. But, yeah, they started out 3-0. They've lost four straight. So that stinks. And then, obviously, uh, Craig and Madre uh, – Sure didn't play. They're still on practice squads. And then Ryan Neal, who we know has been playing really well for the Seahawks when called upon. He's actually in the starting 11 most of the time. and still doing a single on uh, special teams. He is placed tonight on Monday Night Football. So on Friday, we will uh, say how well, <clears throat> excuse me, that he did. So I'm sure he'll be all over the place again. So Nick had an interview, Noah Nikhil, with Mike on the bye week talking about some things. Um, no. I'm trying to think of what else he talked about. I, I said we could talk about it because it was a halfway point kind of bi week interview. Uh, but I think the Monday presser sticks out the most. What do you think? Or what did you take from his interview with Mike if you listen to it? Yeah, um, just just confirming they talked about some midseason progression, how the, how the team's doing them, what what went on during the bye week, and he reiterated, reiterated it this morning in the Monday presser. So let's just dive into that. Yeah, real fast. So before that, Quay was also in the doghouse. Did you get a chance to listen to that one? Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, they always do a good do- good job, whoever there. I believe Brian Mullins is on tonight, so we'll dig into that in the basketball pod. But, yeah, it was a good interview. They were talking about the number change and uh, how he's doing this season. It was a really good interview. You guys should check that out if you haven't already. And as we know, Quay declared he was on in the doghouse the night of the Fan Fest and said that they were going to have some shutouts this year for football. High expectations. They almost did it against Dayton. 
And it's crazy thinking back to that game that if we would have done that, it would have lived up to what he said, but also because Dayton had the longest reign in college football of not being shut out, which would have been a crazy day. And they got the field goal, though, to make it not happen. So Clay is always um, a man of good words when he does talk. We know how important he is to the team. Hopefully he keeps it up. So, yeah, diving into this Monday presser, no, it was a good one. It was a really productive presser, probably the most of the year, especially, like we said, not having one last week and coming out of the bye. And Noah, a couple things that stuck out right away. He was asked about the status of Bryson Strong, first and foremost, and he he kind of alluded to the fact that Bryson, because it seemed like, you know, over the course of the last month or two or more, that it seemed like Bryson was going to make it back around these games, the UNI Missouri State games after the bye. But Noah, he said that it doesn't look like that. He won't be back. Probably not for a little bit longer in general because what he said that he not only had the shoulder, but he had a hand issue in surgery that he's been dealing with. And he saw a couple of doctors recently. And it doesn't look like, honestly, that we'll see him anytime soon, but maybe not the rest of the year. We think he should probably, unless the playoffs comes back and he could play because we don't really need him at the moment. What do you think? I mean, it, it stinks that he kind of had a setback. Yeah, it stinks. Uh, we know he's a, he's the leader on that defense when he's out there and uh just looking around the sideline he's uh, being a leader now and almost like a coach kind of uh we seen him at the last home game with the with the whiteboard he was coaching people up and uh doing what he can but yeah that's a that's that's sad news to hear uh, he did mention something about um maybe affecting his life after football so i don't know what exactly what that means with a shoulder i assume it maybe something with a hand injury um but uh yeah it stinks uh, we know we know what he brings to this football team but yeah we've had guys step up but uh whatever's best for him so uh kind of i took away from it maybe when it gets time and the doctors say okay it's kind of up to him if he wants to come back or not you're right, and it's, it is weird because we have been seeing him. We had no idea about the hand thing until he mentioned it today, but we have been seeing him, yeah, walking around just fine on the sidelines. And, yeah, they, they talk about the thing to hinder him after his playing career, and I think overall they say that because, uh, yeah, it thinks a shoulder and a hand, you wouldn't know. Obviously, we don't know the severity overall, and coming back early could hinder any anything after the fact. But um, it is interesting that yeah, we see him walking around, but then Noah Jacob Garrity gave a – update on him he was actually back to playing yesterday he was in pads and practice which is great to see because no we literally have seen him so much on a on a cart or on a in crutches i'm pretty sure the last home game he was on a crutch on the sidelines and you know we didn't know it's like, okay he's back on that he's been walking before but now he's back on that but now he's in pads and practicing and now he's seems like he obviously he'll be back soon nick mentioned nick but uh, Nick said Missouri State, which is great to see. No, it's crazy because Bryson's out walking around. He's been on, a, and then Jacob's been on a on a uh, crush. It seemed like the opposite way that he was going to get here quicker. Yeah, and then we uh, when they initially announced the injuries, they both mentioned uh, this part of the season after the bye week, and uh, um, yeah, it's weird. Uh, we love to have Jacob back. We love to have both of them back, but. Uh, yeah, J- having Jacob, if uh, it's not a – he had his first practice yesterday, they said, and uh, if he ain't ready, I'd hold him out too. But uh, I'd say it's – I'd say if he's cleared to pad up and practice, he's ready to go. So that's a great sign. So uh, we'll get him back in a couple weeks of practice and get the full swings and bring him back to help that run game 
and uh, add an element to sneak him out of the backfield like we always do. Exactly, and I think that that definitely is a reason because we want to help the run game more, and he adds that along with Cole and Tice even more because we keep declaring all the time that we are still a running team. And, uh, yeah, adding his, obviously, his leadership and his, uh, you know, him being a veteran definitely, yeah, it's able to come out of the backfield, catch passes, and, you know, he's a heck of an athlete. So it is great to see him back uh, next week. So he does get that. And, we, yeah, you're right. I mean, we seem fine at both positions of Bryson and Jacob that if we had to, we just hold them off a little longer when the games truly matter, when we get through the juggernaut of a season and then get towards the playoffs when it truly matters most that we want them. So, but we get another week of Jacob to rest up. So, yeah, and know where that segue is because we talked about Bryson and now everyone really needed him because of the guys that have filled in for him. And Nick was asked about how well by Todd, how well guys like Branson Combs and Zach Barola and Colby Coleman have played. And he mentioned that he thinks Colby should get more reps. And you think we're going to get that Branson. We've, we've seen and talked about his ability to tackle in space and how big an athlete he is. And then Barola seems like he's willing to make any hit ever on the field. So uh, that is great. I mean, because Barola, we, we know his story coming back. And we talked before this how some of the regions that listen to our podcast over in California, we don't know exactly, but we remember telling somebody at the Kansas State game, somebody that knows Zach, one of his friend's dads was there talking. In general, we know he's he came from that area. And, um, you know, got the call when he was working, doing whatever, and finding his way over here and being a pivotal piece and what's going on here. So, Noah, and then Branson obviously making the making the jump position-wise. So, But I think Colby Coleman coming over here and being a veteran and being one that we had hype around kind of coming into the season, that it's good to see that he has made the field a lot and will, like, like Nick said, that we'll see more reps hopefully. Yeah, it's um... – Knowing that he's coming over here, doing what the level he was, doing that in the MAC, and now he's um, obviously getting more reps. Hopefully soon. Um, yeah, it's big time. We know those guys have stepped up in that place. Uh, Branson on that, he uh, stopped a two-point conversion for us, and Jakari with the tackle of Western Illinois. All guys have made plays. Zach's been big on special teams, and. Uh, He's knocking heads every every time he steps out on the field. Now Colby, if he's getting more reps, um, we know what we know what type of athlete he is. He can make plays on that defensive side ball. So we're only going to get better. Yes, and that's not even counting obviously the Bryce and Michaels of the world that helps. So we're so deep at that position, so we're actually fine how we are. Yes. So that stuck out. No one. He was asked a couple of things about recruiting. One of the fact was uh, what getting into recruiting players that win at the high school level to uh, obviously to get here. And he said that he only recruits the only recruit winning players because he mentioned how obviously if you're not winning at high school um, that uh, well, one that sometimes most of the time when, when this happens, you know, a player, if they're on a bad team, but they're really good, that usually isn't the case because they'll either transfer out. We know Hunter Simmons was saying when Mount Vernon football was bad, he transferred to Marion to make it better for himself that's just here. That's not even talking about the preps, the prep schools and all these other good players that go to good schools when their team's not good. So, uh, and Nick's right. We only, have, you know, we, we stick out and only recruiting guys that went to the high school level because, you know, you don't obviously want a guy that – because they can't even make it a Division one level if they're losing, right, at high school level anyway. So, 
Um, and then what he mentioned, Nick Baker, that he said he remembers watching film, and we've seen Nick's high school games before that he led a two-minute drill to win the state championship, and that's how Nick Hill fell in love with Nick Baker, right, at, at the time. So it's only winning players here. Yeah, I wouldn't – I mean – if that guy can play at this level, I wouldn't say if he, just because his team's bad doesn't mean he's bad, but I would take a chance on somebody if we had the opportunity. But as we know, they, uh, I believe Matt Varney, the question was, um, do you uh, look at guys different from a regular season game and a playoff game or something like that? And obviously uh, the big-time moments, they uh, if you're down in the game, is your coach still calling your name or something like that? So uh, if if they're still going to you, you're down. That means you you uh, you're their guy. So if we need you. Um, we're looking into that playoffs. And no way, all playoffs are starting. So I'm sure our guys will be watching, and uh, hopefully a bunch of our guys uh, go deep in the playoffs. Yes, and that's and that segues us now in that pressure that somebody kicked off with that we mentioned priorly in this podcast that it was a productive bye week. Uh, he mentioned how yes, and you mentioned earlier how. Uh, the coaches. The coaches got a whole week to go watch high school games on Thursday and Friday around and go watch all these, you know, games leading up to the playoffs. So recruiting is on the up and up in that sense going there. He mentioned how our players uh, with the bye week, they had Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday off, um, which is which is nice. And then they had, or they only practiced Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. They had Friday, Saturday off. And then, and then came in on Sunday and practiced with the pads, as we said. So some needed days off and some needed days to come in, I'm sure, and film and get going again, and they'll have this whole week to prepare as well. So that's great. What else? And then he mentioned, because we'll segue here into the short you and I preview about, because um, he was asked also by Matt Barney, how uh, your view changes a t- uh, you, when you play a team that's fighting for the playoff live still. I think he's asked this before, and Nick always gives the answer um, that it doesn't matter. Because if you if you look at a team that way, that you look at them like, well, they'll do whatever it takes to win this, and you just bat an eye at all at anything that you will lose, and that's the continued mindset. So overall, yeah, he uh, we we talked about yeah what happened in this bye week, a lot of good things, and then some. Uh, obviously, you don't want to overlook you and I. They got great players, and we'll get into that here. Noah, let's sneak peek you and I here to end this thing. Yeah, this is a. Uh... This is a uh, this is a team that's looking for wins and they need them badly to get into the playoffs. Um, I feel like this is almost always a I feel like a UNI team. They always have a tough team that um, they turn it on in the end of the year and they sneak into playoffs and they make a run somehow. But a uh, really good football team, um, probably maybe the best defense we complete defense we see all year. Um, we know they have the reigning defensive player of the year in the Valley and he'll probably win it again this year and is probably the best NFL prospect in the Valley defensively and uh, maybe throughout the country uh, Jared Brinkman's a heck of a defensive lineman. I believe they mentioned in the press conference uh, maybe it was Todd something about double teaming or something you can't really double team the guy because they have the they have a great D-line probably the best D-line you'll see all year so really tough challenging matchup but uh we're ready for it uh get our guys going in from the bye week and ready to get a win at the dome yeah and speaking of that dome we'll just do a quick stat here we were three and 14 lifetime at the uni dome that's when they kill called it in the press of the uni dome so three and 14 we're looking to change that have it on the up and up 
And yeah, you mentioned the defensive line. You're right. From all around, it's great. And that's saying a lot playing, you know, Big 12s with Kansas State and stuff, but this is still the best one we've seen. So definitely have a lot of star power. We will cover that on Friday. That is a 4 o'clock game on Friday, which is good for us, definitely, to be able to keep up with and watch and tweet to be able to get the tweets out because we hate whenever we're listening to it or not able to do it with what we're doing to uh, get that out to you guys. So just in general, we want to be able to watch it, and we do a 4 o'clock Central Time uh, game. So, so yeah, another good pod and a great productive Monday press. As we set an update on where we stand out of the bye week and what other teams – have happened. Yeah, some crazy games this past week. Our recruits are doing well. We got a new guy added, hoping to get those JUCO guys to know an overall recap of how this pod went. And, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, really good pod. Um, looking forward to uh, adding to this loaded recruiting class. Um, our, our staff has done a wonderful job. And uh, hopefully uh, we come home with a win this week from the Uni Dome. And let's pack that. We know playoffs are starting, so that might diminish our home playoffs as further the local teams go around here. But uh, hopefully um, we can still pack that stadium. And uh, we sold we sold a basketball recruit we'll get to in our basketball pod. With that atmosphere, got him, sold him. So he's uh, committed here. We'll get into him on our pod in a, in a little bit. We'll do it here in a little bit. But, yeah, great football pod. Uh, best of luck to our commits in their playoff games coming up um we'll stay tuned we'll keep you guys updated yeah you're right when you mentioned that that hopefully for our last two home games that are at noon that barring you know what because that's that's prime time almost that in the late afternoon of of a high school playoff game so yeah we'll keep an eye on that for hopefully nobody because we know this area is big time on you know obviously supporting their high school team so hopefully what they know if we're still on a win streak by then big time that the atmosphere won't change in your ride. It sold a lot of people around the program. So cannot wait for this final stretch of games and we will cover, like we said, the full you and I along with anything else from this past week on Friday. So until then, my name's Nick Malone. No alerts. Until next time. Go dogs.